1: yo what's up welcome to kind of funny games daily for wednesday september 20th 2023 i'm one of your hosts blessing adio a jr joining me is the nitro rifle himself andy cortez good morning gamers andy how's that liza p treating you want the update holy holy
2: cow i mean last night was was a harrowing experience Mm. last night was one of these main bosses that you could tell kind of caps off an experience of the whole gameplay and things change from here on out and not only do things change but like i noticed the start menu changes
1: mm, when you like mm, go to start yeah. the game
2: again god
1: i'm glad the game is bringing different. that back because that was the thing i remember playing i, I reference the game all the time right but Jeff force gemini you get to certain parts of the story and all of a sudden like oh you're in a different location in the start menu or oh you're wearing different clothes in the start menu you now that's one of my favorite things that video games do that not enough of them do.
2: There was a boss last night I encountered named the Puppet King. And he, he ruled over me for God, I, for uh, a good, like, a solid maybe two hours, ten minutes. I thought it was closer to three hours, but then I kind of did the, the timing of w- when I started the stream and when I started the fight and everything like that. I
1: respect you not using the Spectre.
2: You're the um, little companion I now. decided to go a non-Spectre run, um, especially after the Brotherhood fight. If for those of y'all who don't know, there's this fight early on called the Brotherhood fight where you fight one the big, the big brother of this like gang of like, you know, freaks, whatever they're doing. And then when the Brotherhood's health gets low, when the big brother's health gets low, little sister pops in to join the fight and you got to like get her health down. While the other dude's trying to fight you. Yeah. And it becomes like a big kind of... It's just a It's pain like a 1v2. Ass.
1: Could turn into a 1v3 if you're not careful. Like, it's one of those boss fights they gotta manage in a certain way or else you'll get overwhelmed.
2: It's an absolute pain in the ass, Bless. And during the review period, I thought to myself, let me see what's up with these Spectres. Let me try out the Spectre because I've, I've tried this 10 times. I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere close to where I need to be. Let me try a Spectre. And in my opinion... Was a little too OP. Mm-hmm. Like wiped it, wiped out the boss fight in, it felt like seconds. It yeah. was over before I knew it started. And I was like, wow, these specters are a little too OP. Like I feel like there wasn't a whole lot of, I didn't feel challenged in that moment. So then I'd, I've decided since then, no no specters for the rest of the
1: are game. Are you speccing into motivity? Into technique. Yeah,
2: I'm a strength boy. Gotcha, gotcha. Strong See, boy. for
1: me, as I spec into the technique, I was like, I need the specter because mm. I don't. If I don't start calling these specters like later into the game, I am just not going to finish this thing.
2: Now, my, my technique apparently is hard mode. My swings are slow as hell, and you know, I have these bigger, stronger weapons that definitely take a lot more discipline because you're not going to get two swings in. You could try to get two mm. swings in, but you're going to get hit. So you're probably just going to want to do one swing and kind of like time things out. But last night was a harrowing experience. It was a pain in the ass. And I had a lot of fun with it, finally taking down the puppet That's one of my favorite bosses. Awesome. It's amazing. It was awesome.
1: Let me tell you about how my review season's going, because now I feel like I can finally talk about the games that I have, and like my plans for, I I guess, the next few weeks, because we're starting to get over the hump. We're starting to get to the place where it's like, all right. The end of the tunnel yeah like we're gonna there's a light at the end of the tunnel and then like another tunnel immediately after as we get into like the second half of october but right now right like we just finished doing our cyberpunk 2077 dlc review which people can catch right now on the Games Cast. just went up this morning uh i'm playing the hell out of that i want to put in like maybe another 10 hours or so because i put in about 15 hours there's a multiple multiple ending situation i want to see what all the endings are because my roommate michael heim was reviewing and he was telling me he was like yo you got to check out everything like don't leave any stone unturned, like play the hell out of that thing. And so as I've been playing, I've been trying to make sure I'm stopping and doing everything and like reloading and doing everything. So that's been what I've been playing. On top of that, I've also been playing Mortal Kombat one at the same time. And like, you know, it's been a, it's been a thick review season where we've gone from Baldur's Gate 3 into Armored Core, into Starfield, into Liza P, right? And those, the nice thing about that is that those were back to back to back to back. Like I wasn't trying to juggle Sea of Stars and Bomb Rush and in between those, right? I'll get to those later. But now I'm at a place where I am like, all right, cool. I'm playing both these games at the same time. Yesterday, I got the code for EAFC. Oh. 24. So now I got to like figure out how I'm going to fit that. Of course, we don't, I don't think we'll do an EAFC review. I'll never say never because, of course, Janet is probably going to be playing it too. And so maybe we'll find time to talk about it on you, But like now I got that to worry about. And I look a week later, I got Blessing Super Fun Game Release Calendar up. Cocoon comes out in nine days. And we're going to get codes for that someday. And so, like, I got to worry about Cocoon. Nichols, uh Night Market, I don't know if you remember this game. Do you have to worry about Cocoon? Uh, I really, Yeah, I, I really want to. Like, it, the, Cocoon looks dope as fuck to it, me. It does.
2: I just, I, I feel like Cocoon in that category kind of sits in the one extra, very similar category to Sea of Stars, mm. where I say, like, that's the one extra thing that I don't think I'll be able to get to this year. Cocoon mm. definitely interests me more gameplay-wise because uh, Sea of Stars is definitely you know more of turn-based. It's got some action elements in the turn-based combat, but Cocoon, at first, I was like, ooh, this is a top-down, isometric sort of game. It looks kind of like a 3D version of Hyper Light Drifter, and then I found out it's a lot more puzzle-based than yeah. it is combat-based. And I was but, like, that's, uh, but
1: that's the thing for me, where like, in puzzle the streets, poppy. they call me Puzzle Poppy. Cocoon is my kind of game. That's coming from people that worked on uh, Inside and Limbo before, yeah. right? and like... I I played Somerville and I really liked Somerville for what it was. I like Somerville more than most people, and mm. so if I know I know if I like Somerville, I'm probably gonna fucking love Cocoon because Cocoon from the demos people have played in the previews and stuff looks like it might actually live up to that legacy a bit more than a, than Somerville did. Is it the same devs? No, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's devs. just like the people that both were on of the those same devs kind of like yeah split off. They split the off their into thing. their
3: own teams. Uh, bless. Mm. Don't let Andy get into your about like ah Sea of Stars. Like that's not a priority. Keep in, uh, play Sea of Stars this year.
1: Here's here's my thing though, play. right? I'm they call me Puzzle Poppy in the streets. It's a hour RPG, man. They don't call me GRPG Poppy though. Like they I don't. like I like a GRPG, right? Like I like. Playing I've never them. heard him. i never heard anybody. But call nobody that. in the streets are, is calling me GRPG Poppy. They save that for Michael Hyam. Yeah. You know what I mean? They save that for Cameron Hawkins. I'm not. I am not that guy. I play them when they come through and they seem fun and I'll enjoy them. But Puzzle Poppy, that is my name. So I got, I got to play Cocoon. That's more mm-hmm. on my list than, uh, than Sea of Stars, sadly. That was a birth certificate. It is on my birth certificate. But then I look to the future, right? October. Assassin's Creed Mirage. Like, this is not necessarily my jam. I Detective like Pikachu Returns. Play it on my an jam. iPhone. Oh, I could play it on the iPhone 15, but then I have to get an iPhone. Oh, Nobody shit. wants to do that. Uh, we get to wild card football. And then October 11th. This is a game that I've been avoiding, right? Because I've had a past <laughs> with <laughs> Genshin Impact. And Genshin Impact, I played for like 40 hours, and then eventually that game broke me, and I was like, I am not enjoying this, why am I playing this so much? Honkai Star Rail comes to PlayStation on October 11th, and I've been hearing such good things about Honkai Star Rail, and I think I want to play Honkai Star Rail. I, I think,
2: think I'm going to play a lot of this game. Plus, I think, it's, I think this is another example of one of those extra games, because around then, when are we getting these Island Wake 2 codes, you know?
1: I mean, what? I want to make 2 that's coming out October 27th. There's Ghostrunner 2 also, which I really want to play. That's twenty six. Did you play, you play the demo? I didn't play the demo. Oh, you got to no. play the
2: Ghost Ghostrunner 2 demo. I mean, I'm playing
1: Cyberpunk 2077, which is basically the same thing. Oh no,
2: God.
3: it's not, bless. Oh, oh my God. God. Have you seen the
1: way I spec my character? I'm fucking I'm, like, I'm fucking slicing. The Ghost Ghostrunner 2
3: demo, it's, li- it's maybe 20 minutes, but it's so
1: fucking good. Hell, yeah. I got on my fantasy draft, I'm pretty sure, and so that actually makes me happy. Yeah. But then, yeah, there's other games like Sonic and Spider-Man and stuff that are coming out a bit earlier, and so... We'll see how those codes line up with Honkai, but uh, man, I'm looking at that little break period I have, and I'm like, ooh, a Honkai could fit in there (laughs) real well, (laughs) so we'll see. We'll see Andy. Review seasons only.
2: I hope a Honkai does fit in that little gap for you.
1: I really I hope it does. I hope it does. But for now, let's enough about Honkai. Let's talk about today's stories, which include Phil Spencer responds to the leaks, Cyberpunk DLC reviews are live and more because this is kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live you and correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash games, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kinda Funny Games daily. Remember, you can use Epic creator code Kinda Funny on all up store and epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, head to kindafunnycom slash KFGD to write in with your questions, squad ups, and more. And remember, patreon.com slash games will get you the show ad-free plus a bevy of bonus content housekeeping for you like i said before a new kind of funny games cast is up right now and it's our cyberpunk 2077 phantom liberty review it's your regular cast plus the one and only paris lily he joins us over on youtube.com slash kind of funny games to talk all about cyberpunk we'll talk about that a little bit later and then over on Patreon, we have a new episode of Kind of Feudy, and it's a fun trivia trial. And instead of the regular Kind of Feudy game, I test out a new game on the guys titled You're Wrong that's inspired by KFTD. You can go check out that episode if you want to know more. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Brave Athos, Jedi Master Deadpool, and Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by BetterHelp, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin on what, what is and forever will be the world report it's time for some news we have nine stories today
3: a baker's dozen
1: another jam-packed news day for you story number one microsoft addresses the huge xbox leaks uh, here's phil spencer's full memo this is tom warren and jay peters at the verge xbox chief phil spencer has just emailed microsoft employees about the massive xbox leak that happened yesterday in the internal memo obtained by The Verge, Spencer says Microsoft's Xbox plans, quote, were unintentionally disclosed as part of the FDC v. Microsoft case. Documents revealed a lot. A discless Series X redesign, a 2028 Xbox that could deliver cloud hybrid games, a new Xbox controller, uh, unannounced Bethesda games, and even discussions about acquiring Nintendo. Spencer hints that Microsoft's plans may have changed, particularly as some documents were from last year, but other, others were from years prior. In a similar briefer statement shared on X, formerly known as Twitter, Spencer says, quote, we've seen the conversation around old emails and documents. It's hard to see our team's work shared in this way because so much has changed and there's so much to be excited about right now and in the future. We'll show, we will share plans. Uh, we will show the, share the real plans when we are ready. End quote. Here's Spencer's memo in full. This is what he emailed his team. Team. Today, several documents submitted in the court proceedings related to our proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard were unintentionally disclosed. I know this is disappointing, even if many of the documents are well over a year old and our plans have evolved. I also know we all take the confidentiality of our plans and our partners' information very seriously. This leak obviously is not us living up to that expectation. We'll learn from what happened and be better going forward. We all put incredible amounts of passion and energy into our work, and this is never how we want that hard work to be shared with the community. That said, there's uh, there's so much more to be excited about, and when we're ready, we'll share the real plans with our players. In closing, I appreciate all of the work that you pour into the Team Xbox to surprise and delight our players. In the days and weeks ahead, let's stay focused on what we can control. Continuing the amazing success of Starfield the upcoming launch of the incredible and accessible Forza Motorsport, and continuing to build games, services, and devices that millions of players can enjoy. Phil. Andy, we didn't get to have you on the episode yesterday. As you've been seeing this stuff come out, has there there been anything that has stuck out to you, anything that you want to talk about here? Well, first off, I
2: just wanted to um, mention, like, how... The obvious it is that this message isn't just for the team. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is uh, very much a, uh, a, a press statement. You know, you release it to your team in the hopes that the, you know, somebody's to give press it to and, the Verge and people get At that. At this
1: point, I don't think. Any Microsoft emails for the team? <laughs> yeah, like they know. They're right. like, "I'm, I, I'm. If I'm gonna send anything confidential, I'm just gonna tell you face to face." And yeah. even that, it's probably gonna get leaked at some.
2: point. I was point. hoping to get a couple of sentences in there, like, "Look, I was a different person back then.
1: <laughs> Listen, <Like, laughs> it's not the same." Like me. Things have changed, you know. You know we're I all apologize di- that you feel that way. We're
2: all different people. Um, I would say when when these leaks first started coming out, I was honestly, it it may just show how cynical I am of the industry, but I was expecting a lot worse things to happen Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was expecting really terrible like cover-ups and all sorts of things and once i started seeing that it was just a lot of video game news i was still fairly interested but i thought it was going to be a bit more on the negative side yeah i thought we were going to have a bit more of that which wouldn't make sense because these are you know things disclosed for or these are things submitted to the ftc so i understand why things like that this isn't like the this for sports an, references out there, this isn't the John Gruden email for the head coach, former yeah. head coach of the Raiders. This who, isn't a cloud week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, honestly, I it, it's just been sort of interesting to see where their minds are at now. Again, I I do kind of agree that that was a different Xbox three years ago. That was a, a 2020 Xbox where I feel like maybe things were. A bit more, a bit more skewing towards the confident side
1: mm-hmm.
2: when we're talking about, hey, there's this game Redfall that's going to come out in a couple of years, you know, like yeah. there were I mean, it, it,
1: some of these emails are from an Xbox pre even acquiring Bethesda, yeah, right? let alone Activision, let alone a COVID nineteen pandemic happening, shifting all their deadlines.
2: Yeah, so it it does seem to, I do think that is a very different Xbox in that in that era. Again, that Nintendo email was Nintendo statements were about from 2020, I believe. Um, I forget when that, Where I can double check. They they definitely were a bit longer, uh, a bit longer ago. Let's just say it was before Animal Crossing. <laughs> sure, yeah.
1: <laughs> which, Actually, I think it might have been right after, it was like July. It was like July 2020. Which
2: honestly feels like a very different Nintendo as well around that era. Uh, it's just been sort of interesting to kind of be a fly on the wall for some of these more important business talks. Hmm. Uh, these are sort of looks that we never really get to see unless you have some big documentary that kind of, talks about everything and even then a lot of those documentaries usually don't go as deeply as you'd like them to so it's just been kind of interesting to see how the the inner business workings happen uh, at microsoft
1: yeah i'm right there with you right like this for me goes in line with a lot of the stuff we've talked about in terms of the back and forth between xbox playstation the ftc the courts like all this stuff and how more and more info has been coming out and it feels like just a, it feels like a peek into these things that we shouldn't be seeing, Mm -hmm. but now like they have to show it to us. And in this case, right, they accidentally showed us way too much. And now we're getting a peek behind the scenes of, okay, so this is how this works. Oh, okay. So this works the exact way that we thought this works. Oh, this works nothing like how I thought this works. Right. Especially like I thought one of the fascinating ones was looking at the, the evaluations of how much they thought it would cost to get all these different games on game pass and how, yeah, they have a team that's responsible for looking at games and going, all right, I... How do we forecast this? How do we forecast? Know? I guess Baldur's Gate 3 could be worth $5 million. Like, you don't know, right? It's the same as us when we talk about games coming up. and We either preview games, right, which gives us a bit more of a lens, or, you know, we just speculate. All right, cool. Ghost of Tsushima from, um, uh, from... Not Gorilla. From Sucker Punch was great. I'm sure Ghost of Tsushima 2, probably going to be a great game. We don't know that for sure. That game yeah. could come out and it could be bad, but, like you know, you have to speculate and you have to guess and you have to figure out how to forecast these things ahead. I think seeing them do some similar things is very fascinating. And then, yeah, looking at their plans of, this is what we think the next gen Xbox is going to be. We're going to focus in on cloud. We're going to focus in on machine learning. Some of the things that, again, we've talked about before with DLSS and, you know, Xbox has talked about cloud for a decade now, even going back to the Xbox One launch, where we talk about Crackdown 3 and all these things, you know, like they've had cloud in their mind for a while. The new Kojima game uh, that they, that they announced with Xbox, right? Like, that's a game that seems to be to to be going to take advantage of the cloud. Cool. It seems like that's a thing that they're gonna go hard with, at least at this moment. Again, all these plans change, but it's fascinating to see where their heads are at right now, slash has been at for the last three years with that stuff.
2: Yeah, I I especially liked seeing those tweets from I forget who it was working for Larian where, you know, there are a lot of people saying like, wow, they completely did not take yeah. Baldur's Gate 3 seriously. And some of the people from Larian are like, hey, we get it.
1: Yeah, I think but, it was Cromwell on Twitter. Yeah,
2: they, you know, that's... that. A lot of people didn't really see the vision either. And that's totally kind of understandable. And that's a really tough thing to do in this industry is to know when a game is going to hit. You have so many games out there that end up being great and don't, for whatever reason, because of timing or because of where they fall um, in release windows, some games just don't hit like they should, you know, so... Yeah. I I enjoy sort of getting the behind the scenes in those moments.
1: Yeah. Uh, story number two is going to be a leftover from some of the leaked documents that we had from yesterday. Right. I'm sure this stuff is going to keep coming as we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but story number two, 75% of Xbox Series owners are Series S owners. This is from the leaked court documents. This is Taylor Lyles at IGN. Since its release in 2020, the Xbox Series S has been the subject of debate over its value within the current hardware generation lineup due to being less powerful than the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. It turns out Microsoft's $300 Series S is more popular than the Series X. The revelation was spotted in the big Xbox court document leak that has taken the internet by storm this week. One of these documents focuses on Xbox's April 2022 gaming results. While the document is heavily redacted, one slide shows the, quote, console sell and mix. The document reveals that 74.8% of Xbox Series owners own the Series S, with the Xbox Series X on 25.1%. As mentioned, these numbers are from early 2022, so may have changed since then. While this split seems surprising at first glance, given the lower power of the Xbox Series S, uh, it's designed to normally render games at 1440p resolution in 60 frames per second, with a lack of 4K gaming and no disk drive, it should not be entirely surprising from a consumer perspective. The Xbox Series S is the most affordable console out of the three home systems available in the ninth generation of gaming, costing $299 or $349.99 if you buy the one terabyte model. The S is a console capable of playing next-gen games like Starfield, even if not the highest graphical fidelity settings. It's an appealing pitch to most people who care more about the games and less about peak performance.
2: That's a big number, Bless. That's a huge number. 75% just about. That is way more than I would have ever predicted. I would have assumed maybe at around the 50 percent mark (laughs) would have been a safe call i would have
1: been like oh yeah maybe like xbox series s 55 percent to xbox series x45 or flip those right Mm -hmm. i would yeah i would have thought that it would have been more uh parody between the two
2: and it makes a lot more sense why whenever we see these reports about these developers maybe struggling with developing for the series s and maybe that you know there's there are some things they have to hold back for the Series X or for the Series S and maybe development has slowed down in these areas because they can't get these features working. And we all go, dude, fuck the Series S, man. Get rid of it, dude. No one's using it. Like, yeah. this is why they care so much because that is a massive install base of hardware.
1: Yeah, and it makes you think about the future. You know, yesterday, one of the things we talked about is that it seems like they're playing for the half-step next-gen, or not next-gen, current-gen hardware, right? The idea of a Xbox Series X Pro or Series S Pro the, even the X version doesn't have a disk drive, right? Like, it is all digital the way that the current Series S has. And the conversation we had yesterday is, and the conversation that we've had a lot lately is, what are the amount of people that are going to be affected by not being able to have a disk drive, right? Like, are we at the place finally where these console manufacturers can get rid of the disk drive and not really worry about it? And based on 75% of the Xbox Series owners being Series S owners compared to Series X... I don't think that they look at that and go, yeah, it's time. Like, I think we can get away with a, series, with a Series X or like going forward without having a disk drive in our consoles, which sounds wild, which I know probably leaves out a certain handful of people. But I think there's a couple of things there. One, so many other things in life now are digital, right? When we talk about movies, when we talk about music, when we talk about so many things, the transition has been made um but then also that doesn't leave out the option to have a usb plug um disk drive if people really need that physical option there um but even in video games you know we have day one patches that have made things practically all digital right like most of these games that you're playing you're not able to play without at least downloading a patch so that these games can run the way that they're supposed to so this feels like the proof in the pudding of hey we're taking a step into the future. The disks are a thing of the past, which is wild to think about.
2: Yeah, that's definitely like a harbinger for what the future of these studios look like and for what these developers look like. I I would not have expected. um, It seems like having a disk drive in the hardware would be something that would be a lot more necessary still. Like it's one of those things where we talk about how many people are actually still on DSL internet or don't have broadband internet, and it's still way more than you would have ever expected. I thought this would have been in that same sort of realm. So I think that is kind of, I, I think that inspires a lot of confidence in terms of going for the all digital future, but also not great when we talk about things like game preservation and things about like you know people scary thing. people losing um, access to and ownership of those digital titles that they own and that all that stuff can kind of be taken away a little bit more easy easily now
1: 1000 percent. story number three more on xbox starfield has hit 10 million players this is uh, was tweeted by at bethesda studios yesterday you to more than 10 million starfield explorers for creating the biggest launch in bethesda history They then have the tweet the image up there thanks to an astronomical 10 million starfield players Good O-M- on
2: you. Om Jesus in the Twitch chat says, I'm one of those 10 million. Me too.
1: Yeah, I guess I, I, guess I am also we, one of those yeah. 10 million. Pretty cool. 10 million, I think, is a fascinating number. Because we're talking about 10 million players, right? And we're not necessarily talking about 10 million sales. We're talking about the power of, you know, Starfield slash Bethesda being first party and also the power of Game Pass and all these things and PC and all this. Um, I think what's fascinating, me and Tim were having a back and forth on an earlier episode about forza horizon and some of the other games that xbox has touted with that 10 million number right and trying to compare where we think starfield will land and it seems like all in all starfield has landed in a similar place as those other games right uh i got a tweet from 2021 about forza horizon where they thank people for making forza horizon 5 the biggest launch in xbox history and it hit over 10 million players in just uh the first week right which is wild to think about um here's where i'm going to come at this from right i think these are impressive numbers for any game i think those are good numbers for starfield i would have thought that it would have been way higher i would have thought that a first party bethesda uh xbox game that's both on pc and console that is on game pass right not free but you're getting it at a subscription service a very discounted price i would have thought that we would have seen that hit 15 20 million and maybe that's me overestimating i know it's a new ip as well but it's a bethesda ip still I
2: don't I don't disagree with that. I think when we talk about... Um, and it could just be one of those things where maybe a racing game is a bit more universal of, you know, like we talk about, oh, of course this game's going to win game of the year. Nobody talks about EAFC or whatever. Like we kind of just discount sports games as being this genre that nobody plays when really they are still like the most popular games out there. Yeah. It could be one of those situations where the... The large gaming public knows about Skyrim and knows about um, Bethesda RPGs, but the mass amount of humans out there that exist that aren't necessarily up to date on what the hell a Bethesda even is, but they go, oh, a racing game. I'm into whatever the hell race. You know, I'm into a general sport like that. It's a racing game. It's a bit more universal. Yeah. Um, That's the other side of the argument for me, where I, I totally see what you're saying, where... This is a massive Bethesda RPG that everybody should yeah. know about.
1: Everybody everybody and their mother has played Skyrim. Yeah. Right? Like every, so many people have played Fallout. There's a there there's an expectation and a familiarity with what a Bethesda RPG is. And I would have assumed that, yeah, coming out the gate, we would have seen Starfield coming out on Game Pass knocked out of the water again like in the way that we see it in forza horizon 5 right again that's a proven game that's a wonderful game right like I absolutely love forza horizon 5 and also it's very popular but to people that are saying that like oh but it's just the first week it's just for like forza horizon 5 those numbers are just the first week and transferring that over to and this might be apples origins there might be this might be an unfair comparison but I'm, I'm gonna make it anyway you look at nintendo and zelda tears of the kingdom and pokemon scarlet and violet both hit 10 million in three days like I I think this is very impressive. I think this is incredible. And I think this is also Xbox, I think growing and trying to get to that place where they can compare themselves to Nintendo in terms of first party. But yeah, like I I look at 10 million and I would have thought that we would have hit like a 15 just based on the the Xbox Game Pass of it all.
2: I also think it's not necessarily like the best thing to judge it on, but my 12 year old nephew has no idea what the hell Starfield or Bethesda is. It's fair. Um, But when I when i had was downloading that game and he saw what i was downloading and was like what is that and i was like oh it's the next big rpg have you heard of like skyrim he's like no i don't know what that is he plays fortnite and he plays roblox and he plays apex you know like it's it's a there's a there's a a mass amount of people out there that have no idea what these games are and they just have this console that came with that free game pass and they just download what you know is download a bunch of games. EAFC, Madden, yeah. you know, like that's kind of like the area that they're in or the free to play games when we talk about Fortnite and Apex and mm. things like that.
1: But Yeah, I'm curious to see what this number looks like a year from now, right? I think the cool thing about Starfield and like, I think the special thing to see about it is how are the updates going to fare over time? Do we see added content? I'm sure we'll see DLC, right? Like once DLC hits and I'm sure what, like once we see those consistent Xbox Game Pass numbers of more people adopting Xbox Xbox Game Pass and looking back over a year, how many players have now touched Starfield uh, by this time in 2024? I'm sure that number is going to be crazy, right? Yeah. And so, cool to see. Story number four, we got a Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty review roundup for you. Right now on Metacritic, it is sitting at an 88. On OpenCritic, it is sitting at a 90. Matt came at IGN, gave it a 9 out of 10, and says, Last year, I said in my review of Cyberpunk Edge Runners that CDPR now has a blueprint for where to go with Cyberpunk 2077. And Phantom Liberty shows the studio already had exactly that in mind. Between a more sophisticated level of storytelling with excellent performances, smarter insights on the Cyberpunk genre and its dystopian themes, and landing on top of a much improved gameplay experience thanks to its fresh 2.0 update, Phantom Liberty marks a new chapter for Cyberpunk 2077 and is finally close to what I'd hoped it would be uh, when I first sat down to play it three years ago. Ted Litchfield at PC Gamer gave it an 87 out of 100 and says, I'm extremely pleased with Phantom Liberty. CD Projekt can hang with the big dogs when it comes to cinematic storytelling, with the quality of writing and world-building that I prefer to the likes of Sony's vaunted first-party lineup. I've been eager to see what CD Projekt would do with the Cyberpunk 2077 expansion ever since, the, ever since first beating the game at the end of 2020. And Phantom Liberty is a splendid send-off for the world uh, CD Projekt's been working on for the better part of the last 10 years. And then Michael Hyam at GameSpot gave it a 10 out of 10 and says, Phantom Liberty embodies the best of Cyberpunk 2077 for a thrilling RPG shooter with an evocative story, compelling side content, and unforgettable conclusions. Of course, we have our review up over on the Gamescast podcast feed and on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games is a Gamescast. Greg Miller was our lead reviewer. He gave it a 3 out of 5. But also, it was a very varied um slate of opinions on that podcast right because greg gave it a three paris gave it a four i didn't give it a final rating but i was between a four and uh, a four and a five right i was on the final mission i put in about 15 hours and it seemed like you had enjoyed it a lot as well very fascinating to see where the review scores have landed here yeah it's it's
2: also neat to see like this is a culmination of a lot of like, what we mentioned on the podcast of lessons learned for cd project red and understanding what things worked and of understanding that there was a whole lot of things that didn't work right with the prior and earlier iterations of cyberpunk so it's just awesome to kind of see them apply a lot of those uh a lot of those learnings over the years right i'm having a blast with it i am maybe about halfway through with it but i'd say i'm closer to a round of five um i'm certainly enjoying my time with it i still feel very s- similarly to greg on his thoughts of night city as a whole where i don't feel like in a lot of other open world games let me just walk this way and see what i can experience or yeah. discover i've i still to this day don't feel that with with night city i feel like it is a a gorgeous backdrop and the art is obviously incredible and when you have your pc running at full max with all the ray tracing possible it's an experience but i don't feel like i'm going to experience anything gameplay wise that's going to Make me go, holy shit, have you ran by that building? Because there's a dude standing there. Yeah. And that random guy will ask you to take, you know, like, I, don't, I haven't experienced anything like that in Cyberpunk yet, and I was hoping to get a bit more of that, but I do think this game does a great job of saying, hey, if you're not super into the open world sort of style of gameplay, similar to what, how Tim feels usually about these open world games, here is a, an expansion that I think is fairly straightforward. I think it's uh, easier to sort of uh, get your bearings when you pop into this world and understand what the world is asking of you and what these NPCs are doing and what their roles are in this story. I think it's an awesome spy thriller, and Aegis Elba, among other among all the other actors, is like a standout performance, obviously. Yeah. Oh He's incredible, God. and I'm always worried about the how does the Hollywood actor? translate to the voice acting booth with the mocap suit like is that going to be a, a perfect sort of one-to-one translation and he's awesome it's it's uh, i highly recommend you hopping into this expansion
1: yeah yeah i think the thing for me that really helped it click this is probably around halfway through my phantom liberty playthrough was kind of like looking at the world and the way that i look at a gta right like a gta 5 in particular of yeah i'm just gonna drive around and do these missions and Just have fun in the world right as opposed to look for i guess what i got out of a witcher or out of a a skyrim or out of like a starfield or something right where like those are the kind of games where it is all right what's around the corner what who can i run into that's going to give me this emergent moment of oh snap you have a quest for me oh snap you have like this random thing that now i'm interested in and you're pulling my attention into this moment i don't think cyberpunk delivers on that but i do think it delivers on creating a really fun playground for you for you to play in right and creating a world that feels like a living, breathing cyberpunk city that is fantastic to look at, that is really fun to drive around, right? And it's really fun to do these activities. And I think, you know, where Greg was coming from in his review in terms of comparing it to a Far Cry, right? It feels like I'm playing Far Cry. It feels like I'm, um, you know, going through and just doing these activities. I actually really enjoyed those aspects. I think once I started to take it for what that stuff was and for, I guess, the, the kind of open world game it wants to be, taking that and then looking at the what I call the RP- RPG-isms of it, right? Specking out your character, figuring out how you want to engage with combat, figuring out, do you want to be a, 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 a net runner? Do you want to be, be hacking things? Do you want to be a ninja? Do you want to you know be dashing all over the place? Figuring out what my lane was and then min-maxing into that and getting into combat scenarios, that's where I was like, yo, this is fucking fun. Like, I cannot get enough of this. Mm-hmm. And that's what really elevates it for me. And so, yeah, like, I, I, the one thing I will say for people who are jumping into Phantom Liberty, you might want to start from the beginning of the game. Because, like, you know, I, I started from right before the last mission. And I, like, you know, respect my character, put all the points into the things that I wanted to. And I started playing from there. I think, and this is me talking to my roommate as well, of course, Michael Heim, who gave it a 10 at, uh, uh, at GameSpot. He did start from the beginning, right? And he did kind of mm. go and, like, respect his character. Or, um, yeah, respect his character from the beginning and did all that stuff. And hearing him talk about how he got to experience it and really get the full breadth of what two point, Cyberpunk 2.0 is, you know... Talking to him had me even more excited because he made it sound like the cyberpunk game that was promised at launch, right? And as I play through Phantom Liberty, I feel like I'm playing so many aspects of that cyberpunk game that was promised at launch, right? Like, I am dismembering people. I am, like, engaged in these cutscenes where, you know, I'm, like, making these dialogue choices, right? But, like, these characters having these natural moments of, like, making me a drink and handing it to me and doing all these things. These are things that I really appreciate. These are things that really brought me in into my cyberpunk uh, playthrough. And so... Yeah, like consider playing it if you don't. If you don't have the time, then yeah, you can totally just play Phantom of Liberty, just like I did, and still have a great time. But it seems like it's at a place where it might be worthwhile to to start from the beginning and reexperience the cyberpunk story if you haven't.
2: And it, I think it's also one of those things that will blow you away production value wise. Like we we obviously know that CD project Red cares about visuals and cares about uh, setting the tone in an environment and having this npc look at you and have these super intricate animations and yeah obviously you know bugs withstanding that's a whole other issue right um but it it is certainly a nice sort of uh comparison to have from starfield which allows you to do a massive amount of activities right like starfield is i think the reason why these animations and these characters don't always look preem is what i'll call them that's mm, a little cyberpunk yeah. term for you is because they are putting a lot of time and budget into the shipbuilding and the base building and all the other aspects of this universe that cyberpunk doesn't offer you. But then you get into that one-on-one setting where you're talking to an important NPC about a side quest, and you feel like they, you feel like this person is looking at you and talking to you. It doesn't feel like a computer NPC character. It feels like a person because of all the mannerisms and the small yeah. ticks in what makes it's the, a human feel it's human. It's the difference
1: where, you know, when I talked about uh, talked about Starfield, I've always compared those characters to, like, animatronics. You know, I feel like I'm almost in, like, a, a theme park, and, like, these characters are kind of robotic in the way they, that they mm-hmm. talk to me, where in Cyberpunk, it feels like I'm in a movie, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm in a scene, right? And, I, you know, I showed you a clip um, right before this episode of uh, a moment that I talked about in the Games cast where, you know, I'm having this dialogue moment with these characters, and one of the characters is like, all right, boys, get him! And as soon as that happens, I bust out my katana and deflect all these bullets and they start shooting at me.
2: He just straight up Genji deflected him. It was awesome. Yeah,
1: and like that happened. I was like, what the fuck? That was cool <laughs> as fuck, right? And like, it's, it feels dynamic. It brings me back to back in 2020 when I was reviewing Cyberpunk. It was a similar uh, thing that I felt where, you know, I'm talking to an NPC and one of the, I think it was one of the main missions. I forget the full context, but I'm in his office and... I'm talking to him, and as I'm talking, he's, like, walking around his office, like, you know, trying to kind of, like, you know, be the bigger guy, whatever, and, you know, we're kind of, like, the conversation's sort of heating up, and as as we're talking, I see him, like, go to a drawer, and I don't I don't really realize what he's doing, but, like, as he's doing it, he, oh, he like, opens the drawer, and he busts out a gun, and starts shooting at me, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I was not expecting that. Like, I really enjoy those moments where it feels like anything could happen, anything could pop off, because they've created these, like, character uh like character animation character moments and like you know these cinematic moments that feel like they could be dynamic in that way and so god i love this game yeah i I can't wait to get back to it uh we're about to go to story number five but before we do i want to tell you about patreon.com slash kind of funny over on patreon.com slash kind of funny you can go and get the show ad free and speaking of ads let us tell you about our sponsors
0: This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. I can't even count the amount of nights I lose sleep because I just can't stop thinking and my brain just won't stop talking. It turns out one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk them through. Therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace, and it can give you the tools to find more balance in your life. Some of my best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. You can find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash kindoffunny. betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny.
1: And we're back with story number five, Spider-Man 2 has gone gold. This is tweeted out by Insomniac this morning. We are gold. We're thrilled to share the news ahead of Spider-Man 2's launch on October 20th, 2023 with a few words from the game's cast. They tweeted a video. Barrett, if you're able to pull up the video. Ladies and gentlemen. Right here we got Najee Gears. is official. AKA Miles Morales. It has hours. happened. The time is now. Not bronze, not silver, but gold. Spider-Man 2 is gone. Go, baby. That's right. That's right. You heard it. I'm going to tell the whole world. Hold on, hold on. Everyone, Spider-Man 2 is gone. Go.
2: I got goosebumps. I'm excited.
1: Let's go. You didn't even hit them on fire. They are like... <laughs> 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 hit them a cameo. Yeah, they are like, hey, we got five bucks. Can you do this for them? That means it's that much closer hey, hey, it's to your into
3: your faces and brains and bodies.
0: I just want to say that I love you and I'm so stoked Lord for the is where Nanji And I you guys was. Enjoyed it as much as <laughs> We enjoyed making it.
2: Congratulations to everybody in Insomniac who put this together. And uh, I guess now all we have left is for you to get the game and play it. Oh,
1: oh. You're going to edit some a Good head of hair
2: on Yuri Lowenthal. We are
1: Venom. Oh, we got Tony Todd, the man that told us September. <laughs> <laughs> we are gold.
2: Could have been Tom Hardy, dude.
1: God. And then, yeah, they have a message here that says, uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2 has officially gone gold. We're thrilled to share the milestone achievement with our studio and collaborators at PlayStation and Marvel Games and with our incredible community around the world. We can't wait for you to experience what we've been cooking up on October 20th.
2: Yeah. Let her cook! Nice little celebration right <laughs> here. For a man. second, as
1: I was getting to the day, I'd be like, it'd be crazy if they were like <laughs> December 8th, 2024.
2: <laughs> Whoa, they stuck <laughs> in that date in there. <laughs> That's exciting. This is very, very... Uh, this is... It's awesome to kind of have games daily have a nice little celebration news thing yeah. cuz i feel like a lot of it can either be stuff about controversies or about yeah. what studios are doing and i think this is a this is a, a nice fresh breath there right here oh right? No, yeah fresh, <laughs> a nice brush fresh fret of breath there Breath there yeah.
1: yeah let's go how i mean what's your what's your hype levels currently for Spider-Man 2 you had to, to listen to tim talk about it on that ps i love you
2: um i mean once tim started mentioning All the customization options. Yeah, that's what really got me extra excited, right? I I think I won't know how stoked I am until that code comes in and you go, "Oh shit, tonight I'm about to play Spider-Man." Like it's always one of those things that you never quite know how you're gonna feel about the game, and it's maybe you get excited about a couple trailers and you go, "Oh, that's a great showing." I thought the most recent time that they showed off Spider-Man at that state of play was the best way that they've showed it so far mm-hmm. um it was what's what had me the most interested in it and i'm very stoked to get in there and see how many suits we could start downloading and getting in there
1: yeah for me it was the the wing like the wings like flying through and like having that extra form of mobility i've been seeing more videos of um i think it was insomnia's gameplay right but them showing that stuff off and i'm like yo that's so fucking smart like that seems so fun and i love that they're like yo you know, throw all expectations out the window of the way that you're going to play a Spider-Man game. Let's give them wings. Like, let's let them fly around the city, practically. And, like, let's actually make... Let's put fun first before we even put logic in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, all the video game-isms of it, right? Like, them having the... Or Tim, Tim even talking about, like, big orbs that you're flying through and all this shit. I'm all about it. Like, I want a video game-ass video game. Um, and I think that's the thing that has me most excited.
2: I'm also just very excited to see the visual upgrades. And yeah, it's it's always one thing to see how... Pretty, these trailers look on a compressed YouTube video, but how's that gonna look on my big TV? And I'm excited for how much better it's gonna look when it comes it can to can PC look?
1: eventually. You got that? Don't get me started. You start playing with that DLSS. Don't get me started oh, God. <laughs> Story number six Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth launches in January. This is George Yang at IGN. Sega and Ryu Gagotoku have revealed that Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth will launch on January 6, 2024. The story follows both current series protagonist Ichiban Kasuga and former protagonist Kazuma, uh, Kazuma, Kazuma Kiryu. Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth will be released on PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. Ichiban goes on a journey to Hawaii to find his mother, who he was separated from when he was younger. Additionally, Kiryu makes the shattering announcement that he has been diagnosed with cancer. He's got but a Segway just like Cloud does. That's crazy. These Segways are in right, right now, man. It's like, that's cool. With the limited time he has left, Kiryu wants to make amends for his past being part of the Yakuza. As his strength weakens, Kiryu realizes he has to work together with Ichiban, as apparently every other local gang in Hawaii is after his mother as well. The game's newest trailer is absolutely bonkers as it shows Kiryu and Ichiban facing off against a myriad of different threats, including a giant shark and a giant squid.
3: Yo, I've never beaten a Yakuza game before, but the fact that this one's in Hawaii makes me want to get it just to have, like, Alyssa play around in it, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. And it just looks fun as hell.
3: They always look fun as hell. God. They make a lot of these, huh?
1: Dude, this is the third one in a 12-month period. Because in February, we got Like a Dragon Ishin, In November, we're getting the man who erased his name. I probably butchered that, but I'm pretty sure it's close to that. Yeah, I I
2: think you crushed it. And
1: then in January, we're getting this. 12, or 12, three Yakuza, Yakuza games in a 12-month period. That is insane.
2: I'm happy for Ray Narvaez and a little bit for Gary Whitta.
1: I'm happy and also scared for JRPG fans because, what, this is end of January. Me and Barry were talking about it right before the show that this is, what, a week before Persona 3 Reload? Yes! And then Final Fantasy Seven Remake, or comes Rebirth, comes out the end of February Is the end of well. February. Like, JRPGs, they aren't known to be short games. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, this is going to be a 40-hour game. Persona 3 Reload is probably going to be 100 hours.
3: I I don't know if this is going to be for... Like, how long was... Did you play 7 at all? I started it. I played, like, maybe 8 hours. Okay. but I I was hearing from people that that game was, like, near 100 hours. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's like that.
3: So it's it's fucking wild that, like, you've got this, and then you've got Final Fantasy 7, and then there's a chance that, like, maybe Persona 3 Reload is, like... On the shorter side of all three of these games, which still oh isn't seven
1: rebirth good. can't be. I don't think, think seven rebirth would be the shortest one, right? Because I'm not. I've only played Persona Four Golden and Persona Five Royal.
2: I'm going to predict that <sighs> Seven Rebirth you can uh, main path it in 28 hours.
1: I, yeah, oh, I'll think that too. Because remake what was 35 hours around there. Yeah, yeah, around there. And personas are usually seventy to one hundred and fifty, depending on which one you're Reload playing. Reload
3: will be on the shorter side of that. Reload, Reload? will be more in like the seventy to, to eighty side. But yeah,
1: Persona or uh, Final, Fantasy VII Final
3: Fantasy Seven Rebirth is going to be a chunky boy, at least of just like thinking in context of like the, the original game.
2: That's going to be my time to just catch up on games I didn't play this year. <laughs> you know, God. this JRPG period. Well, except Final Fantasy, I'll definitely be playing that. Also,
3: as a reminder, Rebirth is two discs. It's two discs, everybody. On a PS5, too. On a PS5. What you have to
2: do is you have to stick both discs in at the same time.
1: Whoa, that's crazy. De- <laughs> penetration. Double De- penetration. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> As you're saying that, I was looking, <laughs> I was trying to find the calendar for 2024. I can't get the image of two discs <laughs> out of my mind being shoved into a small <laughs> PS5 disc slot. <laughs> um... Yeah, we got what. There's another code recollection. That's gonna be for the oh god, Tekken 8 comes out end of January. Fuck, Tekken 8 comes out the same day as Like a Dragon. RE
3: Fantasio comes out later th- uh, next year as well. That's not next a real year? game though.
1: Oh yeah, Metaphor RE Fantasio.
3: Yeah,
1: god, I, I can't not wait for game. it. Rugby 24 comes out the 24th of January. Damn,
3: all those rugby hats.
1: Are you putting out?
2: those
3: in your super release calendar?
1: There's a Prince of per- Well, the super release, the super release calendar only goes until the end of the year, so. Oh. I'll give you an updated one at the beginning of next year. Maybe at the end of this year. We'll see. But yeah, Prince of Persia, of the Lost Crown is also January 18th. So the start of next year is looking insane. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is a game. It is a game. February 2nd. That will exist. And Helldivers 2 is February 8th. And so no more games for January, February. That's what I'm going to say here.
2: All right. Helldivers 2 is going to be a good time.
1: Helldivers good 2 is going to be great. But also that same month, Destiny 2, The Final Shape
2: oh no way
1: oh (laughs) shit like insane
2: oh dang okay never mind And if
1: you're a tomb raider fan don't get me started about tomb raider 1 through 3 remastered this is
2: perfect timing for destiny to be coming out because this again this reminds me of me getting into my destiny 2 bag earlier this year where there was a decent gap of nothing happening yeah and was finally like you know what let me get into this destiny 2 and i i got into it man it was like
1: i think destiny they usually always hit that end of february range which is probably very smart for them because you know, I think there's usually, there's usually time like between games. Um, except, I guess lately, what? It was twenty twenty one where we got Elden Ring and Horizon and all this shit. Or no, no, that was twenty twenty two. Yeah, twenty twenty two where we got Elden Ring, Horizon, and like a bunch of games in February. February
2: gaming. Then you October gaming. It never stops. Put that on a t shirt. It never
1: stops. Story number seven. Need for Speed developer Criterion to focus on Battlefield. This is Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. Criterion, the British studio behind recent Need for Speed titles and the classic Burnout series, will now focus on the majority will now focus the majority of its efforts on EA's Battlefield uh, shooter franchise. A smaller core group within Criterion will continue on with Need for Speed. Meanwhile, uh, Criterion has, of course, worked on Battlefield before and contributed bits to Dice's Battlefield 5 and Battlefield 2042. It also helped out with Star Wars Battlefront 2. The talented team will now turn its efforts back to improving 2042 and to the future of the Battlefield franchise overall. The studio's most recent game, Need for Speed Unbound, dropped in December last year. Eurogamer liked it, but it sadly did not reach a large audience. Today's announcement of a new focus for the majority of Criterion means the studio will shift to being part of EA Entertainment rather than EA Sports. Eurogamer understands there will be no layoffs attached to this change. Here's my thing, Andy. Let me hear All right. Need for speed developer criterion is to focus on Battlefield. Let me give you something to focus on. All right. Focus on burnout. All right. I'm tired of y'all making need for speeds. Developer burnout? Oh, no, 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 no. The racing game. Oh, okay. PS2 that I really liked. Mm-hmm. it was a ps3 one it was called burnout um, paradise mm-hmm. it was open world wow blessing really doesn't good. care about developer burnout <laughs> man, it's, it's fucked up listen all wow. right <laughs> what you need to do Jason as good. long as you can give me a burnout get this man. the way you make it happen listen <laughs> <laughs> that's on y'all that's on y'all <laughs> <laughs> as long as i can get another burnout focus on burnout yeah. all right you got apex why do you keep putting out these battlefields they're not going to be call of duty all right i know nobody's going to tell you this so i'll tell you please make a, tell you. make a burnout make a burnout make a burnout make a burnout <laughs> What, Need for Speed, the last one, that was was actually pretty decent. I really liked uh, the last Need for Speed, Need for Speed Unbound. Pretty good game. Didn't, you know, didn't have the lasting power. Didn't rock the world by any means. You know what would rock the world? A burnout. Burnout. With a crash mode and a, um, well, what was the other mode that I really liked? Was it called Takedown? No, Takedown was the name of the game. Jack and Daxter mode? No, the mode where you're just like, you're not even racing anymore. You're just taking out other cars. Give me that mode as well. Mm. Battle Royale? That's not it. Road Rage, Road Rage, Road Rage. Give, him Give a me a burnout. Give me a burnout. I'm tired of this. <laughs> All right. I also just don't. I, I I'm just throwing Criterion's name everywhere except for a burnout. I
2: also, like you know. I, I've never been the the biggest fan of Battlefield as a franchise and the the gameplay. Mm. Um, but I just I struggle to see more money and time being put into Battlefield when it. I mean, I guess there's got to be some return if they keep on investing in it, but it just seems like one of those franchises is that is always going to be the in third place of all of these larger sort yeah. of big you know military it, shooter games i
1: think the thing with battlefield is that in its heyday it was seen as a call of duty competitor and i think ea really wants to chase that i think they want to put out something that even if it's too far gone now right like i don't think anybody i mean they've it, been
2: they've been chasing bad company for how long now
1: yeah <laughs> right like I I think the days of Battlefield being a Call of Duty uh, competitor are over, but I think EA really wants to make that happen. I just don't know if it's worth it to keep doing this and for them to keep falling flat. Because I was talking to Mike earlier, Mike was saying, "Yeah, like the Battle the Battlefield 2042 launch was disappointing, but over time they worked on it, right? But like by that time, it was already too late to like get people in uh, in on it in a way that really had people excited about Battlefield." I feel like they've had so many attempts since what I consider what what I remember back as like what ps3 era of people talking about how good battlefield was maybe like early early ps4 era i remember the hype for battlefield what four when that launched i feel like that's so far gone now i feel like now if you're going to take chances like you might want to rotate right like maybe hey instead of a battlefield next let's maybe revisit revisit titanfall (laughs) i don't yeah he probably hears that and they're like fuck you but like (laughs) you know maybe consider revisiting Titanfall. i'm
2: sure they've never been recommended that as a concept
1: oh yeah i'm like they've never thought about that Mm -hmm. but Maybe try a new IP. Like, I feel like Battlefield is getting a lot of um, shots, which is cool if, that, if that's really what they want to do. But I think trying to filter in more games in there to try and see, hey, if this isn't hitting, maybe this thing over here might hit that we still have access to. I don't know. Um, just make a, another burnout, please. Give them a burnout. Please. Remember Battlefield Hardline? No. Where you played as cops? Oh, yeah. that
2: was the the cops and robbers sort of like you infiltrate.
3: Yeah. It reminded me a lot of like Rainbow Six. I play tested that back in the day.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember me and Mike playtested, or not playtested, but me and Mike uh, were there for the sort of beta thing, industry thing for Battlefield 2042. Mm-hmm. And, like, servers just weren't working. It was just a real bad time. It was, like, yeah. during the mm-hmm. pandemic, and me and... It was, like, one of those early sort of, like, all right, be be ready to game by, like, 8 a.m. And I was like, oh, man. And, like, things weren't working. It was it was just... It was a time.
3: Well, I also remember, 1 seemed pretty good, too. Remember Bad Company.
1: I mean, I never played Bad Company, but oh. I saw the commercials, and the commercials made it seem real fun. It was
3: real fun. Those were the yeah. days, bless.
1: Bad Company seems like a good time. That's one of those games where if I could rewind time and put myself into a community, yeah. I'd be in the Battlefield Bad Company. Wow, <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. Just, just that one. Yeah, just that one. Dude,
3: multiplayer uh, for, I
1: think, Bad Company 2 popped off, man. You would have a fun time. If I could go back, if I could like, rewrite some of my gaming history, I probably wouldn't because I feel pretty good about the games I played, but I would maybe to do two things. I would give myself a GameCube. Because I would have been such a GameCube boy. I would have loved that thing in this library. Um, also, I would have given myself a like, like those PC games that like, we think about when we think about like the mid 2000s. I'm talking about like Half Life,
2: Counter Strike, and
1: Counter Strike, and um, oh, well, like Deus Ex, like the early Deus Ex. I feel like I would have loved those. Mm. Um, like, I got more into those like during the PS3 era as they became a little bit more.
2: The more, I think, Olympic, the more I look at Blessing, I feel like you would fit perfectly in the cast of Earthbound.
1: I love Earthbound, yeah.
2: Like, I want to draw you as an Earthbound character.
1: Oh, please do. I would love that. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'll make that my profile paper mm-hmm. for a week. Start number eight. Evil Dead ends new content development. This is at Evil Dead the Game on Twitter. To the Evil Dead the Game community today we have made the decision not to pursue the development of new content for evil dead the game we also confirm that we will not be releasing a nintendo switch version of the game we will keep the servers up for the foreseeable future and address any major issues that arise on behalf of the entire team at saber thank you all for the groovy times and your continued support
2: I thought they were gonna say. And after seeing the screenshots of Mortal Kombat One on Switch, we will no longer <laughs> we're be no releasing longer. the Switch version. Yeah,
1: we saw what Molina looks like, and we don't want to repeat repeat of that. Um, I mean, this game just came out not that long ago, right? Eh,
2: it was about a year and a half ago, maybe. Okay, that's uh, what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. pandemic time. Um, certainly, a much longer lifespan than I would have expected for one of these games that we always talk about. Every other week, there's a new game that comes out, and then six weeks later, six months later is shut down because there's not enough support and you need servers and stuff to kind of run these games, right? And you need players there to make these games worthwhile. Um, it was fun, though. I had a good time with Evil Dead for the time that we played, as Mike so Mike knows I was ranked fifth in the world. Whoa, um, crazy. The top five NA. That was a good time. Top five. Yeah, he's holding the, his, his five. five um, I had a great time with Evil Dead, but it's just kind of really predictable nowadays to have any game that isn't Dead by daylight to succeed. Yeah, like for an any,
1: asymmetrical multiplayer if, game.
2: If there's any game that's ever a non-dead by daylight asymmetrical game that has a lifespan of years and years, like that is pretty surprising and shocking to me.
1: Yeah, I feel that. A final news story. Story number nine. Netflix's Onimusha anime just got its first trailer. Um I do not know where I pulled this from, but I'm pretty sure it was IGN. I can check as I read. Netflix has released its first trailer for its animated adaptation of Capcom's Onimusha video game franchise, which is due to premiere on November 2nd, later this year. The action-packed three-minute trailer shows protagonist Miyamoto Musashi don the series' iconic Oni Gauntlet and go toe-to-toe with a varied cast of foes, both demonic and human alike, as the series' theme song, The Loneliest, by artist Mainskin, plays uh, in the background. As the trailer unfolds, Musashi is handed down a 33-day deadline uh, in which... To compete or to complete a covert mission, while a seemingly human antagonist drinking a suspiciously suspiciously blood-like liquid lays out his wish to exterminate all remaining samurai in Japan. What a random! Like I know this was I believe this was announced already, right? Like I remember talking about it on a Netflix Netflix thing. What a wild game to like get a full-on ad- adaptation, and for it to look
2: really good. It's like it's kind of like Twisted Metal getting a series. Tim Gettys. We got twisted metal, baby. We're getting Musha, baby. Tim Geddes is living
0: out here. Real talk though, this looks dope as shit. This looks yeah, really this looks cool. Great. I'm usually not a fan of the like 3D anime style stuff, but like this looks super cool. cool art style. Seeing the the gauntlet, they kept teasing it. We never actually see him suck the souls into it. I'm like, that's gonna be hype as fuck in this show but can't believe that it's happening so soon they're sucking souls in this they're sucking souls baby oh that's crazy <laughs> I yeah, we're double penetrating this. <laughs> yeah this is
2: crazy
1: souls. Wild episode.
2: uh i i agree i think this art style looks really awesome i'm i've i'm
3: yeah does anybody know in the chat uh what studio uh, is working on this i might have missed it in the trailer because it I, looks familiar
2: i feel very similarly about the sort of 2d 3d thing rarely feeling like it works in these shows and you would always just kind of prefer yeah. a 2d animation show anyway but this looks really damn good i, I enjoy this sort of art style
1: this new story is from anthony wood by the way at ign so shout out to anthony wood sorry for forgetting to write your name down but yeah this is cool uh i'm excited for more stuff like this i hope this points to a new Adamusha at some point you know sure same as Twisted up
2: enough interest yeah yeah
1: like i mean what a random ip to bring back but like I think there's enough people out there that have the nostalgia for it and would like another one. And Capcom seems like they're in a place where they are down to like experiment with so with, with new things, right? I don't know, Onimusha is new, but the fact that we're getting that game that I can never remember the title of—it's the fucking action game that like has kind of like a strategy thing going on—that was at on Xbox. Um, uh. Can never remember the name of it, but like I think having projects like that make me think that an Onimusha isn't out of the question, because like I feel like. You know, when we look at, I guess, Cap, Capcom and the kind of action games they make, that still fits the identity of what Capcom is, right? I feel like Onimusha still fits in there. Um, and so, yeah, I think, in, I mean, somebody in chat says uh, Capcom is in their experimental college phase. That's the thing. They also put out, put out Exoprimal, also.
2: That's true. That e- didn't Experiment come out. with
1: some Onimusha.
2: Uh, this is Sublimation Studio, who also worked on Dragon's Dogma, the show or cartoon or movie or whatever it is, um, as well as... A bunch of other shows i've never heard of
3: yeah Ikizakura, i haven't heard of
2: this. walking meat walking theater, no you ni kotobo gawa the title keeps on going i don't know
3: um yeah the, the the animation style reminded me a lot of uh one of these star wars um uh vision sorts. uh andy if you remember there was mm-hmm. like the the samurai one uh one. Those. Oh, the star wars you.
1: visions i started it I really liked it, and I just Star Wars. I never watched
2: season two. I need to get back to it, so I can't even. I hear it's great.
1: I'm just not like Star Wars. Just doesn't engage me. Mm. Like that's the tough thing. Is even when I'm watching something that's like pretty decent for Star Wars, there's something about the world that just like doesn't hit with me. Even though I do really want to watch ah- uh, Ahsoka. Andor. Well, I need to finish the last episode of Andor. I've been leaving it hanging for like God half a year. Come on, bless! I, once they got out of the prison, I was like, All right. "There's three more episodes." <laughs> this is where my story ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the prison was my favorite part. So, like, no. if you're not in the prison, then I don't care anymore. That for. was the end of your
4: character arc.
1: <laughs> Get back in the prison, goddamn it!
3: <laughs> so that you good haven't stuff even gotten to the collective acti- uh, uh, collective action uprising part, bless. That's the best part. You just said a part. bunch of words. Yeah. A
1: collective active uprising.
3: Collective action and uprising.
1: I got one up. you're saying they're saying they're doing all of that in just the final episode. Well, you, your last episode was when they broke away from the
3: prison, right? Or they they did the prison break because there's three more episodes after spoiler, that. I think I watched spoiler. the two
1: episodes after that. Okay. I just haven't watched the finale. I think I just got bored because I was like, I like you better when you're in jail. <laughs> The official list <laughs> of upcoming software has this about the kind of funny games that he shows each and Get every back in there. prison. But I want to watch Ahsoka uh, because Barry and uh, Roger keep going crazy about Ahsoka every like week when I get into work. And I'm like, fuck, that sounds like such a good time. But anyway, if I want to come out to Mom and Grap Shops today, where would I look?
2: The official list of upcoming software across each day and platform platform is about the kind of funny show that
1: he shows weekday. Yeah, I don't know if you'd get much out of it without watching Rebels. I'm just saying, lock them back up. like that was the best part of that show oh my when my guy was given monologues for no reason whatsoever you just want prison break Uh, put him back in jail dude i love prison break so much (laughs) like prison break and prison break was great because every season they found a way to get back into prison so they had to break out yeah and i'm like why are you in panama (laughs) like what the fuck are you in a prison in panama god good for prison break out today we got party animals for xbox series x and xbox one and pc witch fire early access for pc and men of war 2 for pc Back in the day, men used to go to war. You know what I mean?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now they're just on Twitch streaming. Now we're talking about video games. Now we're talking about
1: video games. Men used to build houses. We used to be a country. New dates for you. Signy, all guns blazing, got delayed to 2024. And then Forgive Me Father is coming to PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch on September 28th. Uh, Now it's time to squad up real quick. Of course, you can run into kindofunny.com slash KFGD to get your squad ups read on the show. Just like New AJ did. uh, Or no, Noaj. Nawaj. I've been mispronouncing your name the whole time. Nawaj's Eyes did. Uh, Nawaj's Eyes writes in and says, "Uh, DC heroes and villains have just introduced guilds, and I'm looking for some KFBFs to take down Lisa Dark. My guild is kind of funny. All one word. Can't wait to see you guys there. If you want to play some DC heroes and villains with Nawaj's Eyes, you can join the guild. Kind of funny. All one word. I could
2: see why you'd think it was New AJ's Eyes.
1: Yeah, when you look at it all lowercase in one word, then you... Yeah, new get some intercap there.
2: in there. Let's get some intercap. Yeah, get
1: some, get some intercap. Now it's time for kindofunny.com slash you're wrong. Rewrite in. Let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. globe, globe. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. When
2: I click on the link, it says, do you want to download Google Sheets? So you'll have to just read what's wrong.
1: Falcon S says the Series X slash S mix is not lifetime sales. It's a specific time period. That's not a year on. We knew that. We weren't talking about them in this lifetime. We we're talking about from when that email was posted. Um, games such as Forza Horizon 5 was a cross gen release uh, on both Xbox One and Series X, while Starfield was only Xbox Series X. So um, your comparison of players isn't accurate. I wouldn't say it's not accurate, it just, there's context that is worth reading into. Um, uh,
2: them, boss. Tell them.
1: I'm tired of these gamers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just go back and play your fucking video games. I'm sick of them. I'm sick of them. Sick of them. God. But if you got them
2: Prime Gaming, uh, get, you that, you get Listen
1: to a video game podcast and hear people talk about video games. You don't like hearing them talk about video games. You know what I mean? hmm You know what I mean? You signed up for this. You signed up. You're doing it wrong. God. Get on here and talk about your numbers, all right? How much video games have you sold? How many, yeah. Both of us sold zero, zero video games, all right? <laughs> None of us are you qualified are for this. both tied. Lock them up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Send them <back> <laughs> Lock them up. <laughs> Send <laughs> him back to jail. Somebody says, "Blessing, you were wrong though. Was I fat? Did I say that? Uh, I didn't say Forza Horizon Five didn't come out on Series or on Xbox One." Somebody give back OJ. That's not a you wrong. Give it back to him. Lock him up and put a camera in front of him and make him break out. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> and give put him a give him a life stream, Give him back his stuff. Uh, main skin is pronounced monoskin. skin.
3: Hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why well, they spell it that way? Uh. <laughs> Okay, yeah, multiple people are talking about monoskin. Cool. Oh, and also the thumbnail is misspelled. Appreciate it. <laughs> Appreciate
3: it. <you. laughs> <laughs> Wait, it is?
1: <laughs> uh, I think it was like Phil
2: Speckner or
0: something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll,
3: we'll, we'll make sure I'm that's correct. Roger, Roger. Thanks.
1: Roger. I'm that's sure a, he already knows. That's amazing. Alright, that's it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tomorrow's so it's 4K are going to be me and Tim. Remember this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and a weekday live right here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Till next time, game daily. Phil Spector. I think that's the name of like the murderer on the fall on Netflix and BBC.
2: The fall? What the hell is the fall?
1: um oh it stars what's her name i love her uh she's from x-files she's also in sex education jillian jillian anderson yes right i believe so jillian anderson yeah um basically she's a detective and she's playing opposite a serial killer who's played by i'm pretty sure the guy from 50 shades of gray um and like the show takes place from both perspectives where you're seeing him like Kill people and do all this sh- shit, right? And, like be this psychopath. Um, but you're also following her as uh Jamie Dornan. Thank you. You're following her as she's like trying to find this guy and figure out like who did it. um It's really cool. It's really good. Hey, Mike.
0: Well, good
1: to see you too. I'll tell you what. You know, we have a new
4: plan where well, maybe I don't come on the camera, right? But I saw you two. You guys were cooking up, and I was like, I just want to hang out with these. Want to hang out? Just <laughs> yeah. there. All i wanna come to the table because we're not golfing today. <sighs> We got some smoke here in the uh, the penny. Phil, Phil
1: Spector is a real life murderer.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'm pretty sure Phil Spector <laughs> was I like
1: I can't he like a music producer who yeah, killed Phil, people?
2: Phil Spector was a music <laughs> producer that like
3: yeah. He's, just wasn't can't. he the Wall of Sound?
1: I wasn't far off though. Paul Spector <sighs> is the killer in um, the fall. Now is a correlation to the, I don't know. Everybody, it's Super Chat Prime yeah, Time. Yeah, welcome Super chat, baby. to Super Chat Prime Time
4: with your host, Snowbike Mike, where I joined your two incredible Kind of Funny Games daily show hosts after KFGD, where we get involved with you over in the chat. Of course, if you're watching live over on Twitch and on YouTube, now is your time to get involved in the show. If you want to go a little bit deeper into today's one of new stories, or if you just want to ask Andy, man, Andy, how tough was that boss last night in Liza P? You can do that right now with, of course, your tier one through three sub or your free game Prime Gaming subs with Amazon Prime. You can resubscribe anytime. We'll read those comments. And, of course, you can Super Chat over on YouTube right now for us to be able to chat it up with all of you. And let's give a big shout-out to the Twitch side of things right now, Andy Cortez, because what uh, somewhat Dark Knight has resubscribed with Prime Gaming for 22 months. Shout-out. Jim Tasty resubscribed for the Tier 1 level for 32 months. Thank you for that one. And Blue Bomber with the resub of Prime Gaming. For sixty months, thank um, you all. But more importantly, the
2: world's okest gamer resubscribe using Prime. Which Shout is out, free. Shout out, which for is nineteen free. months and says, "How about them Cowboys, Annie? How about oh,
4: them Cowboys? How about them
2: Cowboys? Uno. Let's talk about it.
4: Arturo writes in
2: Arturotron Robo
4: Bartender. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Ramen or fa? Follow up question: mood. Grilled cheese. Yes. Or Dude. hot ham and cheese. Hot ham and cheese sounds weird. I've, I've never, never had, had, had that. Hot, yeah, hot ham and cheese. I, I,
2: I'll go with the grilled cheese. Well, you know, and I would go with ramen over. You've pot. had
4: a hot ham and cheese hot pocket before, right? Have I? Have you ever had a ham and cheese hot pocket? I don't believe so. Really? I've, only had, a had ha- pi- ha-
2: I've only had a
1: pizza hot pocket.
4: Real. Have you ever had a ham and cheese hot pocket? No, i have not. That's like one of their most popular flavors. Is it really? Maybe. Yeah. I've,
1: maybe yeah. I've had one. I just don't. It know.
4: would go that and the pizza one. Those got to be top two hot
1: pockets of all time. I'm not a hot Pocket guy. Wow. Yeah.
4: Really. No. Yeah, I'm kind of with
2: okay. blessing. Like, I don't, I won't, I would never voluntarily go to a grocery store and say, let me get myself a, let me get I'm some craving hot, hot, hot pockets. Yeah.
1: Wow. Like, I feel like I would only have hot pockets if, like, I slept over at a friend's house. Yeah. Or, like, maybe I'm at, I don't know, like a camp or something. I fuck with hot, hot pockets. pockets. I fuck with hot, <laughs> he pockets. Fucks hot pockets. Hot pockets were my ramen.
4: Like, when kids were eating ramen, we talk about this all the time. I was eating hot pockets. Mm. I, I was, I've never been a ramen guy. Mm. So, for me, it was hot pockets and bagel bites.
3: Oh, I, okay. I like the. I've never mm-hmm. been a ramen guy, so it was hot pockets like those are in the same family. Yeah,
4: those. I would well, say about, cheap you're, college eats. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, you. You have a, a microwave or like a toaster oven in a college dorm. Boom, hot pockets. I'll tell you what. Well, when when you know, and I like went a golfing,
2: little like, Yeah. You,
3: okay. When you
2: when you and I went golfing and we were talking about, I was talking to that uh, older gentleman about wow. you know being in being poor in college and. Yeah. When I started golfing, it's because that golf course was like $8 a round because of the student discount. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what we would do, we would all pitch in and go play uh, golf. And then we'd buy a Little Caesars Hot and Ready. That shit would last us all week. Um, little Caesars Hot and Ready is very, very important to my early college years. Okay. And instead of Hot Pockets or, you know, I'd get ramen every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. a little uh-huh. easy ramen or whatever. But I would also do a, a big fan of Chef Boyardee Ravioli. Oh. Um, Dinty Moore beef stew. uh, Progresso chicken noodle soup. I was a big canned food
4: guy. I've never made a Chef Boyardee before in my life. Really? Yeah. Plus, what are some of your favorite college
1: foods? I I love
4: ravioli, but I've never had Chef Boyardee.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was beginning in ramen. Like, yeah, ramen was my thing. I evolved how I made it over the years. I've never, like... I wouldn't make my ramen for other people. Like I've never hit that point of like, oh man, my ramen's the shit or anything. But I know how <laughs> to make it mm-hmm. for myself. You know, yeah, that's, that's what matters. I like that. I yeah. like that. Uh, what I would like the um, red Baron, like the mini pizzas. I love that. Oh, yeah. you're the French bread pizzas. Oh, like, oh, I didn't. Do oh, the you're thinking bread. of the mini like the circles. circles. The mini okay, circles. Okay, I like yeah. the French bread.
4: That was a good uh, one. Oh, you got yeah. single French bread on there. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. you'd be eating well right there. Um, roll tie writes in and wants to know about the new t-shirts. Andy, this was from yesterday. Do the new shirts fit small or large about the snag two of them? A lot of people were asking, hey, I'm similar to a build of Andy Cortez, 6'5", handsome, just built like an ox, Muscular. Um, a lot of people wanted to know, like, what were you wearing? Because I have a similar build to that. Uh, I was wearing a medium in my shots. Yeah, and you looked good in that medium. Did you feel good, though? That's the question. Yeah, I mean, like, this did the t-shirt feel, feel good? These, these are, okay. I believe
2: these are canvas brand shirts. So, like, the okay. blank that we're printing on is by canvas and uh, they're great. They feel soft and they're awesome. I like that. Well, what were you wearing?
4: I was wearing an extra large. I'm in a weird phase of my life because I am overweight and dying inside uh, where Jeez. I want to be a large, but I'm not a large anymore, but I'm not quite an, over, uh, an XL yet. You know what I mean? Like I need a little bit more to be an XL, but I'm, I, I still hold tight to that large sure. feeling. I feel that.
3: You know, uh, to help uh, not feeling like you're dying inside is uh, stop eating Hot Pockets. Yeah, but they're so good. There's got, they got
4: barbecue <laughs> hot pockets. They got Dude, ham and cheese the cheese hot
1: pockets. <laughs> I had like a whole bag of ghost pepper hot Cheetos. You did. You did. Hot I saw Cheetos you. Puffs. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Let me tell you right now. Oh, I'm feeling. not feeling I'm feeling oh, it right now. Okay, it's yeah, yeah. We all I, I, I saw, saw you attacking
2: that, that bag like oh, the last so two days. Good. Yeah. Attacking, <laughs> so that, attacking that. Who
1: brought those in? Uh, Gary, uh, Gary I believe. Yeah, Gary brought
4: three appetizers of spicy stuff. Spicy Takis,
2: very good. Takis are good, but I would say go for dinamita instead. Dinamita okay. is the, the is the Frito Lay version, because mm-hmm. Takis came on the scene and took took the universe by storm, right? But when you have the Dinamita, which is like basically just the Frito Lay copied version of it, yeah, less uh, less salty, less like sometimes with with Takis, it's like you're only getting the hot salt. Yeah, it's like I want I want to taste that lemon. My mouth has got watering just thinking about it right now. I mm. want that lemon in there. Dinamita,
3: love that.
4: Sky writes in free Derrick Henry from Tennessee, from the Tennessee Titans. They're wasting one of the best to ever do it. Anyways, what's your go-to stadium food slash drink
1: purchase? I was gonna stop you because, I, like, all I heard was free Derrick Henry, and not knowing who that. Oh, was, you didn't know Derrick. I Henry thought you were gonna yeah. be like, oh, yeah, free my homie Derrick Henry. <laughs> <laughs> free, my homie. free my I homie, homie Earl the Mike, Squirrel. not say it because whatever Derrick Henry did, probably not. <laughs> we don't know what Derrick. <laughs> you don't know what he did. <laughs> did. He didn't kill those people, man. <laughs> 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 like, we can't co-sign unless we know Derrick Henry personally. Derrick Henry has trucks. i stig- to be the people very
4: violently. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Let me tell you, bless that. Like Derrick Henry is one of these running backs that. Mm -hmm. Uh, has lasted a lot longer than most running backs. Usually Mm -hmm. by the age of 29 to 30, running backs are like spent because Mm -hmm. their bodies are just destroyed after seven, eight years of running. Derrick Henry is one of those guys that it seems to be like lasting longer than normal, like Adrian Peterson, Mike, back in the day. But Derrick Henry is like 6'3", 270 pounds. Like this man is a monster of muscle and strength. And you hand off the ball to him and you see him run it like there's nothing I fear more than like being transported into the body of a cornerback, of a defensive back mm, that's watching Derrick Henry run at you. You're uh-oh, like, uh-oh. what do I do right now? <laughs> do I try to tackle you and just get embarrassed? You know, so he's one of those running backs. I'd say, yeah, ship him off. Get him, rid of, get him off the Titans. Go to well, stadium food,
4: Mike. They need him.
2: Oh, they do? Are they doing I mean, well?
4: What, 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 else, what else are they going to do without Derrick Henry? Tell me your go-to stadium food. I like nachos. Really? Yeah. Nachos. Do you like nachos at the stadium? Sure, why not? Yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't mind nachos. Uh, yeah, like I never okay. order nachos. It's always hot dogs.
3: Mm. Nachos are like my my theater food kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, anytime I see anytime
2: I see Barrett with nachos at the theater, I regret not getting the nachos at the theater. Like a movie theater, we like,
4: yeah. yeah. Wow, that's interesting. uh,
3: Popcorn, um, typically, if I have too Mm -hmm. much, will make my stomach upset. Well, I get both. So I I, want to get something snacky and salty, so I I feel like nachos are the the next best thing there. When it comes to stadium, of course, I'm going to think about uh, Oracle Park, AT&T Park, whatever the fuck you want to call it, Mm -hmm. Uh, where the Giants play garlic fries, obviously. Tony's Pizza, Mike. You're familiar with Tony's Uh, at the ballpark. Yeah, they've got it at the ballpark, which is great. Um, And Alyssa's go-to is the the crab sandwich there, which she really loves.
1: You can't Mm -hmm. go wrong at the ballpark. Yeah, somebody said like uh, Italian sausage. That sounds really good. A little brat. Yeah, Yeah. a little brat. Uh Oh my god, I love a bratwurst. Oh, I love a brat. Yeah, that's right. I remember
2: back in the day. uh, I think one of these stadiums. Maybe it's where the Astros play at I Minute mean, Maid Park. I think they have a Whataburger there. And that was always nice. cool to see. Like, yeah, oh, I'm cool. going to get a
4: Whataburger. Yeah, that's nice. cool. That's wicked. Yeah, they got Ghirardelli there for ice cream and Sundays. That's pretty mm. good. I like that. Um, CJ writes in with a gaming question. Says, is there a universe where Nintendo being owned by Microsoft sounds appealing? Close your eyes. Mm-hmm. Clear the mechanism.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Is there a universe? No. In the multiverse across the landscape, where Nintendo being owned by Microsoft ever sounds
1: appealing. I think it's a canon event that no. <laughs> okay. like I think across every universe, the uni- all the universes where Microsoft owns Nintendo, it's not a good universe. Never good. I think, it. look,
2: I'm going go to play devil's advocate. Play devil's
4: advocate for me.
2: In a universe where Phil Spencer just lets Nintendo cook and do their thing yep. and is completely 100% hands-off and says, I don't give a damn. You want to make more of them Labo pieces of shit? Sure, as long as okay, you can yeah. pump out... You know your your Odysseys and your Zeldas and your Tears and all that stuff, um, because I would like to imagine a universe where the hardware is a bit more up to snuff.
4: Oh, hardware! And yeah, yeah.
2: Seven years doesn't go. Six years, seven years doesn't go by where you release a piece of hardware that's already severely underpowered Mm. and then seven years goes by and that's still the hardware that you're using Mm. i would love to see maybe a refresh four or five years in especially when you're that behind the eight ball already
4: look at that he brings up hardware Mm -hmm. here's another one for you Mm -hmm. games actually go on sale and aren't $60 for the entire lifespan of the console. <laughs> you know what but I mean?
3: Mike, don't oh, say that, bro. You'll be
2: able <laughs> to buy Tears of the Kingdom during a Black Friday sale <laughs> for fucking $67.99. Well, Xbox seems are on sale because they're
1: putting out Redfall, right?
2: What? <laughs> what if they you allow us to not put <laughs> these
4: games on sale. You know what I mean? Because the games are good.
2: <laughs> Mike, you'll be able to buy fucking Luigi's Mansion 3 <laughs> in four years from now for God. $3 off. $62.95.
4: Okay? Is like, I just want. Yeah. Just put some of these games on sale. <laughs> what are we doing?
3: <laughs> Andy, to push back a little bit Wouldn't that universe that you're dreaming of Where, you know, Phil, Microsoft, and the team Are very hands-off Wouldn't that just be our universe? Because that's what they do with all these other studios That they buy, you know uh, They're so hands-fucking-off I don't know, you know I, No, I mean, I don't I don't think so I'm just saying, like
2: All I would want Microsoft to be involved with Is saying, like, hey, let's up the hardware game A little bit mm-hmm. That's really all I'm asking for mm-hmm. right now Like, mm-hmm. Keep doing your thing. Keep making all the games. We're supporting you 1 million percent. We're not going to yep. get involved, but let's see if we can update this piece of hardware yeah. a bit more frequently. See, I, would,
1: I, I think the the future I would prefer would be a partnership between Microsoft and Nintendo. Like, if it was... hey, A like, Game Pass partnership. Yeah, maybe Game a Game Pass, pass partnership. Hey, yeah. Like, hey, we want to be able to put your games on our platform if you're able to, like, you know, up, get them upscale or, like, maybe through super sampling yeah. or whatever, like, get these things up to snuff. My fear with... Microsoft owning Nintendo just goes with, like, the industry consolidation thing of, like, Mm -hmm. all right, Mm -hmm. now we're Mm -hmm. thinking about Mm -hmm. about the now, right? But 15 years from now, and Microsoft is behaving like a different company, right? Like, if Microsoft has a bad turn, guess what? That affects everybody. If Microsoft has layoffs, guess what? Nintendo's going to have layoffs. Here's what
2: I want Xbox to step in on. Hey, Mario fucking Super Strikers. Let's get that online working a little bit let's better. Let's get that online
4: oh, working. Oh, you, wait, you can't make play, it 4v4. Why, yeah, why can not we play do 4v4. that?
2: Like, that's the stuff that so I want them to out. involve them where they're like, hey, it's 2023 now. You're still making multiplayer decisions as if it's the year 2010. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Remember when they wanted us to do voice chat through our phones? Yeah, like the stupid like, what? ass what? weird. I mean, are, y'all, like that. are y'all good? Are we good right now? That's, that's, the, yeah. Dumb, yeah. that's, yeah. The, that's the dumb things. shit I'm talking about. Yeah. I think there's some things to be found in there. That's right. Uh, Austin writes in and says, Hot pockets always are molten lava on the edges and an iceberg in the middle. Yep, they're always ice cold in the middle. It's true. It's true.
2: That's a great bit by um, Jim Gaffigan. It's a great one.
4: Sky writes in. Sky uh, Skywrites in again. Says Xbox would actually be relevant in Japan for once. True. Another alternate That's universe true. situation. Wait, what would be relevant? Xbox would be oh, relevant okay. in Japan if the Nintendo. Like, imagine game. if they were Nintendo
2: games that didn't require motion controls. Oh, and you could mm-hmm. be like, "Hey, Tears of the Kingdom coming to Series X, Series S." Damn, how fucking awesome would that be?
1: I mean, <laughs> play it on PC right now. You know what I mean? I mean, you can. You know I mean? Yeah, sure. Allegedly. Yeah. I'm not not saying she allegedly. (laughs)
4: Rudio has become a member on the Kind of Funny Games YouTube channel for eleven months. Says loving the new merch, boys. How are the pregame vibes for the kickoff to the football season? Football ball season. Mm. Hashtag dialed in. Are you feeling good? Will you go to Ultimate Team this year? You know, you and I talk about your FIFA, aka EA Sports FC. I think they're talking about your
2: soccer team.
4: Oh, well, that's, we'll talk about that in a second. I want to know about Blessing. Will he move from
1: just play now seasons to ultimate team? Oh, absolutely not. No, I've tried ultimate team. It just isn't for me. I think it's just it's a deeper level of investment and like a deeper level of thinking and upgrading over mm-hmm. time where the scary thing for with that for me is the idea of, oh, like 100 hours down the line, I'm going to finally get to where I want with my team, yes. right? As opposed to seasons, I just hop in. I just play games. I can stop whenever I want. I sound like I'm an addict there, which mm-hmm. I am. But, like, I can stop whenever I want. It is fine, right? Like, I'm not necessarily building towards something. I'm just trying to level up my ranking to get to Division 1 or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm just going to stick to seasons. Maybe, like, I don't know. It could be cool to do a co-op seasons. I forget what they actually call it. But, like, there's a mode where you can play with all your friends yes. and, like, have mm-hmm. a full team and then go online and play, try to level up. I think that sounds fun. That would be wicked. I would cool. have to make enough. If you friends. had a team for that, yeah,
4: I like that. Um yeah, for me, I'm ultimate team batty. I'm looking forward to dropping 100 on that one and just getting some cards that don't mean anything. You know what I mean? Oh, he did it with NBA 2K. Got a lot of bad cards. Lot, oh, a lot no. Of, a lot of bad cards. A lot of bad what cards. What do you got? a JaVale McGee or uh, what would you get? <laughs> some bad cards, Eddie. And then I got, you know, I think they gave it to you if you got the ultimate edition. Uh, they give you the special Kobe edition, but it's only 88 overall Kobe. And I was like, okay, that's good enough. You know what I mean? But, man. They get me every time with these dumb ultimate teams. Yeah, The dream would be like let me carry my collection on for years to come, but it's mm-hmm. clearly no, no you start a new at the beginning be. of every year. Yeah, that's the how they get cards. you Mike every, every yeah. year. I mean, hey, I think you would learn. When when are we stopping this? No one's ever going to stop. We're never this. no, we're never going yeah, to I do I don't think there will ever be a like time you, we will stop. It will never stop. When
1: when are we stopping this? Uh Mike, let me tell you about this thing called Honkai Star Rail. Okay, yeah, yeah. You want to start dropping Hundreds? Yeah. Drop some hundreds on me as I jump into Honkai. Yeah. Blessing.
4: I told Invest you again. I will enjoyment. tell you again. Mm-hmm. Just like we did for the last one. Mm-hmm. We will go into the lab. You will boot yeah. up Honkai Star I, mean, we Rail. Do this I will one. give you $100 mm-hmm. and you can open up packs of those characters. I don't, even know, I don't even know how to spend money in Hawkeye,
1: but yes. I'll. Well, we, we'll figure it happen. out. We'll make it happen. I'm sure it's the same as Genshin's.
2: So. Let me tell you that when we went golfing the other day, they said, hey, no golf carts after 3 p.m. You're going to have to walk the That's course. Up, and Mike that. was like, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you <laughs> take a golf cart. <laughs> Not a lie. Give
4: <laughs> us give <laughs> us the golf cart, man. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me and Andy to walk That's this
1: crazy. course? Bro,
4: we wanted to play 18. Like, hook me up. I got Wait, where my do ten- y'all,
1: where'd y'all play golf at?
4: Uh, we went down Pacifica. to Pacifica this time.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, we're was gonna... Gonna say, I was going to say, because I did uh, Golden Gate Park, and I did okay. like a, what, nine hole? Yeah. Maybe 18, I forget which, but. You play golf? Yeah. That's sick. Well, I did I like a year. When is he going to join? He's our yeah, fourth. blessings uh, are fourth uh, I want to read. Read um, some
4: Twitch subs for me. I
2: want to thank Philip J. Fry for 36 yeah. months using Prime on thank us. You. Appreciate you using your Prime, Philip J. Fry. We got French Dip Design, mm-hmm. the designer of the Jabroni Boy line with Gifting five subs over on Twitch. If you got a the sub on Twitch, say thank you. You don't have to watch ads for 30 mm. days. Appreciate you very, very much. And Pixelated Soul, 34 months of tier one subscription over on Twitch says, Andy, you took the adoring fan perk and you got Mike. Yeah, you got me
4: for life. Like no matter where I go, Andy, right? Like I could be out of here in a month, could be out of here in six months, right? But you'll always have me. I'll be in your TikToks. Mm. I'll be on your Twitch channel. I'll be commenting. I'll be liking and subscribing. Amen. And I'll be calling just seeing if you want to hang out. You know, I could be 500 miles away. I'd still travel to see you and go to spices.
1: You could be in the middle of a you softball don't have match. To. Yeah, yeah.
4: Think about you. <laughs> think about it. I have my first soccer game on Thursday. I'd love for you to attend and support. I'm sure you would. Maybe you can come with a sign. Maybe you could film me a little bit so you can show my friends and family how good I am. Being candid. You could can talk about me.
1: <laughs> I know if you're supposed to this is a bit. This is not a bit. He's dead ass serious.
4: Tonight, we're going to play video games. Be ready.
1: He's being <laughs> Tonight, we're going to play video games.
4: Say <laughs> Chalet writes in, says Microsoft puts all Nintendo games on Game Pass and same price. Alternate universe, something to think about.
1: Again, in a partnership context, I think that'd be dope as hell. Colton writes
4: in and says, is Unity bouncing back after this screw up, or are they always going to be behind Unreal for the future now?
1: They bouncing back after this? uh i don't think they're gonna bounce back all the way right i think i think this is a stain that stays oh Um, i think people are always gonna have this idea about unity of like ooh, can't trust these guys like oh they don't know what they're doing right i think like if they're if they end up bouncing back it's gonna take a long time for them to build that trust up with developers and they're gonna need to make developer um like developer first decisions right they're gonna have to like you know do the things that you see unreal doing in terms of hey if you use unreal you can launch your game (laughs) for free basically for the six first six months on epic game store right obviously epic is able to do that because epic has all the money and epic has this Mm -hmm, prolific engine mm -hmm. unity doesn't really have that same ecosystem um but they're gonna have to do something like they can't they can't just reverse this and expect everything to go back to normal right it's like if andy walked over (laughs) if andy walked over punched me in the face and like sat back down was like my bad bro it's like our relationship is different now. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't Jordan pulled Draymond. Jordan pulled him. Yeah. Anyway, we'd have to
4: trade one of you at the end of the yeah, year. Jordan we'd go Braymond. through a year of being very awkward and then at the end of the year we'd be like, everybody
1: has to pick a side because one of them's leaving.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like when I slapped Andy that one time. He slapped me in the
1: face. Yeah. It's like wow. this relationship the relationship is enough. different now. Like Andy has to yeah. buy me a cake. Yeah. Like a cheesecake in particular. And cause It'll, cause it'll I really never like be good enough.
2: It'll never be uh-huh. good Yeah, enough. exactly. Um yeah, I, I kind of agree. I don't think that there's ever a Massive bounce back. They're gonna try their hardest and their damnedest to show that they care about the developers, but mm-hmm. will it ever what are all those words gonna fall upon deaf ears? Are we gonna see these statements come out and everybody go, ah, go fucking shove it inside you? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah.
1: I think the reality is that so many developers are gonna to continue to use Unity because they're probably already midway through their projects, you know, like it's hard to just shift over engines. That's not just that's not an easy thing to do. But I think as we get further, I think you see less less developers choose unity over other engines Mm. at the start of their projects. Right. I think you see people start to invest in. I know Godot is now one that's uh, becoming a bit more prolific as this unity debacle has been going on. I think you see people start to search into other options.
2: I saw saw a comment go by earlier that said, I can't wait to watch Mike raid Andy after he's live for 23 minutes.
4: (laughs) We're here to support you. What's happening? I have to support you. you? I had to support you bless the amount of time i just want you to know that if i see andy streaming i'm gonna go support him because he's on the drive to be the number one twitch streamer and i'm gonna do everything in my power
2: to help bless him. i'll be streaming and somebody pops in and goes man mike just went live too who should i watch and i was like you watch both of us that's what you do that's the rules you got to find two devices oh like. you're too good to and me then, you say
4: that yeah
2: yeah i and tell then, him you go watch andy and then <laughs> bless, figure out. so i get that comment who should i watch mm. No less than five minutes later, I get a raid from Mike, I'm like, what the And everybody's like, he was live for eight minutes and decided he wanted to watch One or uh, one Piece.
4: <laughs> <laughs> why don't I support my best friend, everybody? For the past
2: two months, Mike has averaged about a 12-minute stream. <laughs> watch my Twitch streams, no, they pretty good. He doesn't want to compete. they <laughs> pretty like, good.
1: Why, why divide the masses, Push them all over We gotta
4: support you. We gotta support. <laughs> Listen, I feel it, dude. Z writes in and says, Mike, how many Nintendo games could you buy with the amount of money you spend on microtransactions? Nintendo games are what sixty or seventy? A good
1: question. Uh, sixty, except for Zelda, which about, is seventy. About five. About five. About five. These motherfuckers are like, uh, this is <laughs> this is a really good game. We're gonna make you guys pay ten more dollars. No explanation.
2: We got a Prime from DJ Thank Shot you. for ten months of support. Thank you, DJ Shot. Forty-nine months from curps eighty-nine using Prime curps. on us. You uh again tying that Amazon Prime to that Prime game and and then giving us the free subscription. Remember, set a calendar event. A lot of people go. Andy, do do Prime Gaming subscriptions ever renew? No, they don't want you to remember that you have free money to give away to creators, the people that you love and watch every day and put a lot of your time in and invest your love and uh, interest in Amazon doesn't want you to give us five dollars from their pockets. We want you to do that. Remember to do it,
3: Mike. Are you claiming that you've only ever spent three hundred dollars in total on microtransactions? Because I don't believe that. For a, a year, second. I would say it's pretty close. Oh year. man, my Valorant numbers were real embarrassing.
2: I'll never release those unless, like, <laughs> if it's like a, if it's like a Trump situation where like release your taxes. Like that's what you know. If there's a big controversy, like you surrounding owe it to me, the people. almost. yeah, yeah and then yeah. like, and then I'm running for office, and they're like, "How much did you spend on Valorant in the year 2020?" And I'd yeah. be like. You know, uh, those those I have to release the news, and everybody wants to hear it. Yeah. And I'm I'm not a perfect man. <laughs> See, He's not okay. a perfect man. He's not, not a perfect it. man. But when I say that, I, I got it. close to four figures.
1: Oh my god. I'm not a perfect I I mean, man.
4: Listen. I respect that.
1: <laughs> I that. I respect it. That's I don't want your respect. <laughs> I respect it. You kind of you, funny Three hundred dollars a year is what you're spending on microtransactions. I'd say that.
4: I'd say that. Maybe a little more. I'd say about I'm gonna need step. a compilation.
1: <laughs> really, I need somebody to go back through my streams and all the KF streams. I need a compilation well, every tw- time this makes 20, the card. 40
4: piece every now and then. Never hurt nobody. <laughs> Jake Stepp
2: says Andy will release the Valorant numbers in two weeks when they're
4: ready. <laughs> <That's> the tr- <laughs> We're gonna release the Valorant numbers very, very soon. Not anytime soon, though. Kind of funny, best friends. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us with our what, Andy? The super chat primetime Love that primetime with us. We will see you over in the lab for more lies of P with Andy and I, as we continue to game on with a hot game. Of course, thank you for watching kind of funny games daily. If you're watching on Twitch, you don't got to go anywhere. If you're on YouTube, there will be a new link up in just a moment. We'll see you then gamers. Goodbye.